I'm going to start chucking notes on the floor. Um, oh, that's dramatic. It I is, love it. it. Um, maybe oh. I do have the toe thing. More, I, I was going to say we're heading into a wonderful decadent state, but to be honest, I think we're pretty far gone as it is. We did all right. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Let's go. I think we've had a pretty decent warm-up. We've had a very decent warm-up. Yes. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. It's a beautiful day in May. And apparently a baritone echo. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. When you say welcome, I want to say welcome as well. Say welcome. Um, say welcome. I oh love when you welcome people. We should both welcome people. I did. We both did. Yeah, this I'm just saying. No, but you shouldn't, shouldn't be worried about a baritone echo. Fair I'm, enough. I'm sure people are sitting at home going... Like, well, okay, I'll, I'll be nice and say I'm sure they have favourites rather than what I'm thinking is let's never run a poll on who the favourite is because I'll just feel like crap. No, um, you know that's bullshit. Come on. No, nothing no. beats you're, your accent and your stories. No, nothing beats baritone. Um, yeah. You're very soothing. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be insulted that my mum always falls asleep at your part. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm not. That is just hilarious. I am. Um, um. Like, I actually, I can totally fall asleep in your parts of the podcast um, if I'm, like, listening to it <laughs> at night time. But listening to me, it just, it brings me out of it. It's, it's very bizarre. Hmm. But... Yeah. Welcome one, welcome all. Yes. It was a um, really good weekend. It was, yeah. It's been really, you know, sunny. I'm not the biggest fan of the warm and sunny, but just seeing how it brings everyone out and like the general mood that just blankets everything is brilliant. Yeah. And um, we had Liberation Day yeah. um, here you, in the Netherlands. Yep. I, yep. Which I have not read up on. It is a thing that happens. I know there are festivals. Uh, last year, I got a really nice little torch sticker thing torch for some reason. Sticker? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I I don't know anything about it. I need to read up on it as well. I um, yeah. But you had a birthday party. Mm-hmm. We know about that. That was super fun. There was whiskey. Oh yes. And <laughs> I was at a Cinco de Mayo party, mm-hmm. which was very messy. Oh, really? went on very very late i haven't heard the details yet but yeah, yeah i um it'll come back to me i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was super fun and now it's tuesday yeah and we also got nice reviews over the weekend oh indeed we did yeah do you want me to read some oh yeah let, let me know let me know we, we can have a summer if nothing else but uh, i do love hearing well we do love hearing from all of you okay so um, I love hearing from all of them as well. Mm-hmm. It's very lovely. They have a they have a tendency to say lovely things, which <laughs> yeah. After after being referred to as a woman host last <sighs> week, um, so hi listeners, uh, this is Anna, the woman host. Don't worry, the actual host is here. Uh, it's not man host; it's just host. Uh, apparently, for Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh. It is what it is, whatever. Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> but we got some really awesome, awesome reviews. Um, so I'll read a couple of US ones. Permaze said, good sign of a podcast is when you learn something. And they learned something from just one episode. 
They said that we were charming and have great chemistry. So that made me <laughs> smile. Um, Paranormal Chick says, oh, my God, their accents are amazing. Well, researched and cover stories that are new to me with all the claps and all the loves. They didn't say that. I'm describing emojis. Uh, that's fine. I, I'm mostly still kind of giggling towards the educational aspect. And like, to be fair, people and I've learned stuff after doing this. Like, so have I. So have I. But it's I so not the yeah. purpose. <laughs> But we will take it. I guess I'll... Oh, no. No? Oh. I, I've been talking too much to um, uh, general expats, and also I've actually been digging into the uh, prospects of, you know, university education here in the Netherlands. And I almost said, the whole like, oh, I didn't spend all that money on uh, my education when I studied to become a teacher um, for nothing. But then I remembered that well, university is free in Sweden and they actually pay you to go to university. So oh, I didn't spend that much. Sweden. I know, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. So uh, sorry to, I, we, we have mostly Americans listening. If, you're, <laughs> if you've had to go and rack up six figures worth of debt to get your education, Jonathan's sitting here with a couple of degrees and, uh, well, no debt from them. <laughs> Well, you still have debt. You can still um, you can still borrow money to uh, get through the studies. But you have no debt from the education itself. It's just oh, no, from no, no, the, no. the side effects. Yeah, yeah, just from you know the living and me yeah, heavy drinking <laughs> and um, you know moving away far away and getting an apartment and all that. But um, I assume foreign students have to pay crazy fees if they go to Sweden. It's not that crazy, but I'm not sure. So. Uh, the cases where I've heard most of the details have been where there's basically like a partnership between universities in different countries, mm -hmm. not necessarily in the EU, but also um, um, I, I did study a bit of Japanese and they did have a bit of a, a back and forth exchange as well as yeah, far as yeah, I get yeah. it. Um, but just going there, I know there is a fee. I'm not sure how it compares on the global scale, but yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. It's something. I think it's super cool. Uh, the last review I'm going to read is... Oh, yes. Um, Justin, who said, both the hosts of Super Soothing Voices, Jonathan is super baritone, <laughs> um, and my voice is very light. Thank you, Justin. I'm very paranoid about my voice. Um, and it makes an interesting mixture that keeps you engaged. Thank you, everyone who left a review. We're very, very mm. grateful. And... Um, I think above all else that actually made my weekend. <laughs> I mean, and it was a, it, it was a really really fucking good party. So like, yeah, yeah. I I just I crave validation apparently. <laughs> well, at least I crave validation above social interaction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be that. Like I know that especially going into this this project and making a podcast it was very much like no, it's something to do. It's fun. I like all of the parts from the research to the recording to the editing. But um, it, like, part of me still doesn't really realize that there are a lot of people across the globe listening to this. Yeah. Because this is like our thing. It but, is. I forget it yeah. as well. Don't it? Like, it's weird. It's weird, but fun. It's not just us talking at odd angles at each other <laughs> in a very structured way but in a cozy couch so we're good yeah 
It is with drinks. No, it it is exactly how we do it. If, if microphones weren't here, the only thing is the angle and the the structure. Like we sit down and go right. This is our our vague theme for this week. What's our specific drink for this week? What is this? What is that? And let's do this shit. Speaking of which, let's do this shit. Yeah, let's do this. Mm. Um, I I heard that you were very mild. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced that I'm not worse this week. Hmm. Um, how are you feeling about that? Because whenever we had a, a miscommunication there, <laughs> it was like, oh, you want to go first? That's fine. Yeah. I mean, mine's not that bad. Hmm. So, How is yours? So mine is... <laughs> we don't have murder this week. I know that much. No, no, we don't. Um, nope. No murder in, on my side. It has a bit of violence, but it's... Like compared to our previous episodes, it's really not that bad. But mm-hmm. um, your uh, conviction on the uh, uh, going last bit makes me think, yeah, uh, I'm probably worst because there is a bit of rough housing here. So, oh, mine, mm. mine has very little of the rough housing. It's more digital rough housing and uh, yeah, smack talk. Can I say that? Uh, that smack a, talk works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 As long as it's not. I know, digitally disenfranchising the orphans in somewhere, that's no. probably good. No, it's uh, pretty direct personal attacks between two people. Well, not even, well, we'll get to it. You, you go we'll, first. We'll get to it. Okay, um, yeah, I will go first, that's fine. So, tell me your story, please. I will tell you a story. Yay! Our story takes place in mm-hmm. Taiwan. Okay. I thought you were going to say The Matrix. If only. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking so much about The Matrix during this, um, well, all the research, mostly regarding drinks, but... um, We didn't actually talk about what the theme was going to be. We're doing... um, We're both doing cybercrime, right? um, It's all kind of related to the high-tech or cyber thingies, but I have a bit of a different angle because I always have to be special. No, mine wasn't originally... the, The original theme was modern... Yeah, crimes and bullying technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Indeed. Tell me, Taiwan? Yes, Taiwan. Uh, So this was actually not long ago at all. This was in February this year. What? Like three months ago? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So this is really close. Um, But there has been, there were some quick updates. Okay. But as far as I can patch it together, so this started on the 10th. It was a Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, Taichung police responded to a disturbance call. Okay. You know, pretty low level, but normal. Um, It was in, uh, they went down and uh, it was directed through a basement of a residential area on, uh, no clue how to pronounce this, uh, Zhongqing Street, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as they arrived on the scene, the um, they did see that a pair of men like fled as they approached. Okay. Uh, but they did manage to catch one man in conjunction with this. Uh, it was a twenty-five-year-old uh, named Huang. Uh, so he, he was caught. There wasn't any struggle or anything, but uh, mm-hmm. he basically just met them and tried to explain that. Oh no, sorry, sorry. There had been a like minor disagreement between um, and a uh, fight after a few um, a few too many drinks basically so okay. Like, okay bit of a drunken disagreement but he said like no no but we're all friends here and we'll resolve the problem 
between ourselves. Okay. Is is everyone at present agreeing with this? Because otherwise it's always a bit dodgy. Well, like some people had run away and some people were not immediately there. But the police did notice some, well, rather obvious blood stains on the scene to the point where like... It was not someone had been like completely drained of blood, but there was more than maybe just a nosebleed or so. Okay. Uh, so they started investigating and they investigated further. Um, they they had uh, Huang in custody and kept questioning him, but he, he either well just flat out refused to cooperate or whenever he spoke, it was pretty clear that it was just lies. Okay. But after a couple of days of investigating, they did actually find out what happened. So... There were two friends, uh, Tai and Hu, who had uh, gone to that neighborhood uh, hoping to do some business. Okay. Because they had been contacted online by someone who wanted to buy some bitcoins from Tai. Oh, I like where this is going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so did I. Uh, so they, they met up. So it was mainly Tai that was doing the transaction, but he brought his friend along because, hey, that safe and good yeah and um like there have been a lot of scams and stuff like that when it comes to bitcoins and trading and all that mm-hmm. uh so in general with cryptocurrencies it's not uncommon uh so ty was asked to like provide some proof of the bitcoins that were going to be transferred okay uh, which he did he showed on his phone and after showing this four men jumped both of them oh shit they violently assaulted them and forced them, well, I, I think they they basically managed to snatch the phone while unlocked, etc. And they, with the coercion, uh, they transferred 18 bitcoins to their account via Tai's phone. This year? Yes. That's a lot of money. It is a pretty decent amount of money. So in Taiwanese dollars, it's 5 million. But, um, but the, it's what? 15 yeah. grand or something? No, it is more. It's just 5 million sounded more impressive. Yeah, it does. Um, but no, so it's uh, $170,000 or like 142,000 Euro, euros. Okay, that is more than I realized. Mm. And it is a lot. Yeah, um, it is a lot. Everything. So once the transfer was complete, they the four men basically started, okay, we're going to cover this up. Mm-hmm. So they all drank and they forced Tai and Fu to drink of a strong liquor called Kaoliang, I think. I am picturing something like Everclear in the US or Absinthe here. Yeah, something very high uh, alcohol level, th- not high. Alcohol I really content? don't. Content, thank you. I yeah. really don't want to say proof, but I didn't remember the thing. Yeah. The proof is weird to me. It's proof always like the confusing. double. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if something's 80% proof, it's actually only 40%. Yeah. 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 yeah that's strange. Percent mm-hmm. makes more sense. But th- this was uh, this was very alcoholic, let's say that. Nice. Um, so uh, th- this was all to make this entire thing to look like, no, no, they're just drunks and they had a bit of a fight, but it'll probably be fine. Fair enough. Uh, Interesting so, strategy. <laughs> Uh, I kind of admire the commitment, though. So the guy they uh, they caught like right off the bat, one, yeah. he drank a lot of this. He also took some sleeping pills to get a bit drowsy, and he apparently hit himself over the head with a wine bottle as well. Whoa! All in service of the illusion. So I mean, that's commitment. That to the is bit. commitment. Yeah, 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 it's making me very uncomfortable, though. 
It is creepy, but I, I know seeing the reports, it's also just weird. Um, but yeah, so they, they did manage to like clear this out. And over the next couple of weeks, they managed to actually arrest all four of the uh, men who assaulted them. Okay. Um, so they were all in between like 20 and 25 years old. Uh, wow. They had a ringleader who was known as she. He was caught on a high-speed train going south and um, he's currently held on bail but they've all been arrested and charged basically okay and like this was just a short thing but i saw this and thought it was interesting and dug around more because like okay. uh, when it comes to like bitcoins or cryptocurrencies in general like there has been ever since it started blowing up like a lot of uh, like hacking or scams in particular have been very big yeah but it looks like, especially the start of this year, it looks like there's been a lot, of, a big spike in, let's say, the like old-fashioned approach to yeah. crimes when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So I think in January, I wasn't quite sure on the date. I think it's the twenty-second. We're talking about the UK one. Yes. Yes, we posted this on Twitter, by the way. We posted this That's on Twitter at the time. my bad, because I missed that. Uh, well, we did it together. We manned the account together. Yes, <laughs> we're supposed to, but you mm. are more on top of that yeah, than I am. Yeah, mostly I'm the Twitter person. That's, uh, I but speak yeah. for both of us. Then, of course you do, of course you do. Anyway, share, share the story. It's It's been, I haven't <laughs> read about it since January. It's the guy in his home in Berkshire or something like that? Uh, so yeah, it was uh, Maltzford. Whatever. In South Oxfordshire. Um, there we go. There's the Shire. <laughs> to, well, yes. Anything with the Shire. Um, <laughs> yeah, Americans, um, we say sure, not Shire, by the way. it's. Um, I know it seems like Middle Earth sometimes, but no, we, we do say sure. Like um, Worcestershire Shire sauce is Worcester sauce. Um, mm. Or if you're really being a bit OTT, then it's Worcestershire. Mm. But it's never... Worcestershire. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, come on, tell me, tell me about the story that I've never heard of. <laughs> I I was actually super excited by that that thing whenever it happened in January. The whole thing was awful, from what I remember, but yeah, um, yeah. it was it was dubbed the first ever Bitcoin theft or Bitcoin. first ever in the UK at least. I that, tried to find what the first one like globally was, like yeah. a physical robbery. Yeah. Um but I couldn't like every instance I found was like no no this was the first uh, in this country etc. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the UK one was very early and um so yeah the uh, there was a it was a Bitcoin trader named Danny Aston and uh, as you probably heard, it, it was pretty horrible. So he and his partner were at home. Mm -hmm. They also had a child there. Okay. Apparently the child was like, this is both good and bad, I suppose. But uh, there were four people who um, broke into, forced their way into their house. But yeah. uh, they tied up uh, Aston's partner and held him at gunpoint to have him transfer the uh, currency, basically. Uh. Apparently the child, so they either left or put it outside of the house as this happened. We're doing an it. 
Okay, I was thinking of the, the child. The child was in a kind of like a buggy carrier thing. Yeah. They, they put that outside. With oh, okay. The, the child inside. Uh, no, okay, I'm just but trying it's to January, save face. It's cold. The, like the winter. Okay, no, this is, this is probably yeah, better. To yeah, do I, I, I was going back and forth. Partially, it felt so callous just like pushing it out or leaving it out. It, but at the it, same it, time. It. <laughs> Pushing the baby, the child out, or leaving the child out. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't mean anything by it. The language barrier. Let, let's go with that. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. That's, His English uh, is really better. bad. <laughs> indeed it is, indeed. Uh, but, uh, it's the one time it's good to use. <laughs> I never remember to do that. I should do that more often. Yeah, like the thing I was talking to you about. Yes. So-and-so moving back and it's like... You, you clearly are being malicious right now and your English is excellent. And all of a sudden, no, my English isn't so good. And it's like, yeah, it is. You know what you said. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but yeah, just trying to figure out comparing like um, leaving the child outside or having it inside um, as probably the p- parents are panicking and violence might happen. Yeah, I think you're gonna you're probably not gonna remember being outside in a buggy as a kid but you probably are gonna remember your parents screaming as Mm. one of them's being held at gunpoint true true um but uh i'm not sure since uh we apparently jumped on this pretty early yeah yeah i'm not sure we were all over that uh did you know that the um robbers got nothing from the heist I think it was in the article. Oh, okay. Damn it. Um, it was a BBC uh, News article uh, we shared a link for back okay, in, okay. I think it was in January. Yeah, so th- that came up a couple of days later because after the uh, robbery, uh, Asan and his partner basically fled. I think they hit at some uh, relatives and they yeah. they haven't gone back to the house due to what fear for repeat things. <sighs> Possibly partially because he did manage to pull off a bluff in the transaction somehow. Yeah. So the uh, the people who broke in, they got nothing. Uh, they just thought they did and then ran off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, there at large no risks have been made or anything. They have some sketches out, but um, not much more. So they still um, haven't found them. No. This is not really as far cool. as I could find um, any mention of it, at least. You're doing a verbal update in a Twitter story. Hey, that's way better phrasing than me unintentionally repeating something that I should have known we said. Hey, I tweet a lot of crap. It's fine. I don't tweet crap. Follow us on Twitter. We're awesome at Crime by the Bar. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. I do have um, uh, other examples as well, though. Oh, please, please. uh, It was also in January, a bit earlier, I think, there was a Russian man who was staying at a beach resort in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was assaulted and basically held captive in his own apartment Ugh. until, so he was blindfolded and tied up and basically coerced until he logged in on his computer and transferred um, all his bitcoins to a wallet by them. Wow. And um, like there they actually got the money and... Uh, also still at large as far as i understand the police was kind of flabbergasted at the whole like cryptocurrency what is that yeah and there was even a quote basically where the police said like yeah we don't understand this so we asked the guy who was robbed and he said that it's pretty much impossible to trace so i guess we can't do anything um Mm. more along those lines it is possible in general to track some transactions but it's not easy but even if you actually manage to track a transaction then 
you will probably just end up with a Bitcoin address, which doesn't require any kind of validation, could just be a pseudonym or whatever. Yeah. And it's really tricky to get anywhere on that. My understanding is there's essentially a registry and all you're doing is paying for your name to be listed on the registry against this, hmm. you know, number. Yeah, but you could pick any name exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you, it, it can be anything and you still need to prove ownership. Hmm. So... It's going to be really interesting on, um, there used to be all those shows in the UK of uh, Cash in the Attic and it's like a daytime TV show where they, um, <laughs> it's like, oh, um, Henry and Barbara from Surrey would like to go on holiday to Cumbria um, for a long weekend in a caravan and okay. they they want to raise 500 pounds for it. Let's see if we can uh, sell some old um heirlooms around their house oh. and, and make that money what, what can we go to auction with and they go around the house and there's there's some really gorgeous stuff and they'll go well this is actually um it it's in the style of blah 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 mm. um so it's worth about 30 pounds do you want to sell it well no it would cost that much to get a new table from ikea so uh we we're quite fond of this one mm. but and and sometimes they they come across stuff that's really worth a lot of money and then they they sell it but okay it's going to be really interesting in, you know, 10 years time whenever, oh yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's an old memory stick from, from years ago. Like, do you mind if we have a look what's on it? No, go ahead. And there's <gasps> logging credentials and everything. But yeah, like in, in 10 years time or 20 years time or 50 years time when you start coming across old USB sticks and it's like, there's actually Bitcoin that was purchased back, you know, in the early days. Yeah, I, I I'm going to see, I don't remember the name of the podcast right now, but I'll see if I can find it. But uh, I did listen to an episode where it was a uh, woman who had, uh, she was working for some, um, I think it was a magazine or something, uh -huh. or like online site, I think. Yeah. Um, and she had like when Bitcoin started, yeah. like, oh, let's investigate this, bought a couple. Oh, that's uh, so cool. And then like checking transactions and probably uh, she did use some of them uh, yeah. because that was more of a thing as well yeah. and uh, probably wasted a lot of money by buying something trivial with that I, wait is this um, the one where she bought like takeaway food or something to see if it would work something, it was something like really that yeah, 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 yeah i did read that maybe um, you told me about it yeah it might have been that. Uh, and then uh, during this episode which was uh, from Do last year you know what year, podcast this was was it reply all could it have been Reply yes, All? Yes, could have been Reply All. That was actually really oh. good. And she wanted to see where the lost Bitcoins were Yeah, they, they were basically now. traced it and tried to see if they could find them back for her because she still had Bitcoins in her uh, yeah, in her wallet. wallet. She just yeah. hadn't touched them for years. So. That was a really good episode. Yeah. Oh, we listened to the same one without realizing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, we'll put up a link because it is interesting and just yeah. hearing that journey as well when they go through it. Yeah, for sure. Mm. They, they also... they. They really talk you through um, bitcoins and cryptocurrencies mm. without being condescending. I think they did a really nice job on that. Yeah. Um, I have, I have a friend who has at least one bitcoin that he bought back in the day. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you off air who it is, but um, <laughs> it's super cool. And he's he started buying more recently and mm. also investing in other cryptocurrencies. And every day in work, it's like constantly checking. And there, there's a couple of other people who have started investing. And mm -hmm. um, it's funny, whenever there's a dip, it's like immediately you hear all about it from them. Ah, yes. And I mean, good no, for I them. Have a, I have a couple of friends who are investing as well. Um, they started <laughs> uh, they started later, uh, so to speak, but yeah, they're still pushing that. So. 
I think I need to work on my actual regular savings account before I start working on uh, building up a cryptocurrency portfolio. Or, you know, we could just create our own cryptocurrency. I don't have time or energy for that. Do you? I know you don't. Well, probably not. (laughs) That's a fair point. But um, it shouldn't be that hard, surely. I mean, it's all open source. We can just uh, push through (laughs) all that, right? Oh, yeah, indeed. Super easy. (laughs) I don't know why people are making such a fuss about it. Yeah, but to be, to be honest, do you know how many uh, cryptocurrencies there are a now? A shitload, and no one cares oh, anymore. Fuck There's dying. like, oh, but <laughs> people still try to make people care, and um, I'm pretty sure. I want to say Atari. I'm not sure. Really? Uh, there was some of the like old basically not even games companies anymore, but just like the game brands or something. Yeah, and they put out. Not even one, but two different cryptocurrencies, and yeah, I, I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, I, you need it, to. That that just sounded weird, but there are a lot of them. I yeah, mm. I think I think the whole thing is super cool, and it's not that I don't think it's a good idea investing in it necessarily, but I think the moment to invest is kind of past for right now. Mm. I think the whole market seems to be stabilizing and. It's not really? like, well, I mean... Yeah, to okay. be fair, I haven't looked at the graphs in a couple of months, but then it was very much up and down per I, minute. Well, so. I, I don't put it this way. I wouldn't buy at this price, assuming I'm going to make a lot of money on it. Hmm. So, um, yeah, for now, I'm going to be uh, old fashioned mm. and say, if I have any kind of money to, to spend or save, then... I still have room in my mattress. Yeah, why not? I love those stories. We should do an episode on those stories. Oh, just like the uh, home savings, uh, stashing money around the house. Yeah, my, um, I had an ex-boyfriend who, uh, his dad had a really weird one where he was going into someone's house to repair something. And mm-hmm. like the house was, it was basically a bed set. There wasn't very much in there. Mm-hmm. And the mattress, um, the guy had took a lot of the wadding out of it to keep mm. putting money in it like it was that bad and um and he paid my boyfriend's dad with cash from the mattress not from his wallet so it's not even like he was being <laughs> subtle about it like the whole thing just seemed a little bit like ooh. yeah and there was also a story i read at school which was probably fiction um but it it stuck with me about someone buying a, a coat in a charity shop and there was uh a seam that needed repaired and they ended up opening it up and there was like thousands of pounds in it. Really? Yeah. That's but I'm sure, amazing. I'm sure there are stories like that where people mm-hmm. have just like put money into the lining of their winter coats or whatever mm-hmm. and then, you know, if they die, I mean, I don't want so-and-so's old monkey mothball smelling whatever. So chuck it into a charity shop. After hearing this, if I ever like inherit any kind of clothing, I'm going <laughs> to need to cut it all open. Cut it all um, open. <laughs> Oh, I um. Well, at least before I get rid of it or pass it on, let's say. I just, I'm I'm thinking of someone's very wonderful hat collection right now, and thinking of you know, if I ever had the opportunity even to wear any of those hats, I would have <laughs> such a blast. But it's also, I, when am I ever going to wear a hat like that? When when am I ever going to wear twenty different hats like that? Um. <laughs> But she has so many hat boxes. And the idea of anyone just chucking them into a charity shop or into a skip, yeah. it's just like, or cutting them up, <laughs> is so painful. 
but yeah okay it was a bit heartless sorry about that yeah um, shredding up so-and-so's clothes because maybe they've stuck some uh corona I, in it. I, I didn't mean just like dig in and try to find the money <laughs> i just meant like before i send all of that off to a charity or so i should you know at least you know squeeze it a bit and see, yeah, if, I, see if it's crunchy yeah yeah do something <laughs> i don't know nice oh mm. Mm. But yeah, that, that was <laughs> that was my crime. I had some side notes. Like I, I really got stuck. Uh, I always like the, I know, is juxtaposition a good word or is uh, dichotomy is a bit too cohesive, I suppose. Uh, juxtaposition of um, yeah, really old school mugging in an alley type thing for like bitcoins and cryptocurrency. It's really cool. I thought that was interesting. But, I like. Um, uh, the guy who refers to a child as it debates whether or not to use juxtaposition or dichotomy. You shushing children now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your language. This is difficult. You like kids. That's the funny thing. You're good with children. Like, I mean, but you're giving yourself away as a non-breeder right now. Like, come on. Well... You need to have some younglings of your own and start referring to them as at least they. <laughs> <laughs> well, true, but nah. Okay, we need another drink. We do. We need um, stretchies, drinkies, then more crime. Sounds like a plan. Yes. We'll be right back. We'll be back. Um, sorry, go back to your words, please. Oh, yes, the, the words. So uh, as I was looking for like high-tech ways of committing crime, um, I did show you the wonderful ominous Roomba photo from one article. I love that. That <laughs> which was amazing. Was hilarious. Um, but one thing I actually found with actual real-life connections that actually used for crime yeah. are, of course, you know, all the mini buzzy drones. Okay that everyone has now well, okay everyone Loads doesn't have them have. a lot of people have them and it, it makes perfect sense it, it, there wasn't enough meat for actually having a particular crime on it but like a lot of it makes sense like apparently there's a lot of um like smuggling drugs across borders yeah with drones just like oh shit that makes a lot of sense having them buzz over and stuff like that that makes a lot of sense that has happened a lot apparently the uh, the countries where this is most common the police are a bit more aware of it and are getting very good at shooting down drones as well uh, but it is like more accurate and smoother than for instance like catapults was mentioned in comparison and I have never seen a drug catapult but I kind of like the idea they do it with t-shirt guns Oh, yeah. Hey, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Huh, clever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that works as high tech as well. Um, but, but yeah, so like smuggling drugs, but also dropping things like drugs, cell phones, sometimes weapons or just stuff into prisons. Yeah. So like fr- flying drones in and that dropping stuff like that. That makes a lot like of that. sense. I have heard about it shit does like make that sense. actually. And... The most like direct story I found when it comes to uh, not not drug or prison related was basically just like drones with a camera parking at a discreet distance, but with a good zoom and basically scoping out ATMs. 
Oh, and taking shit. codes and shit. Yeah, but I always cover my pin code whenever mm. I'm typing it in at an ATM, and it's always a little bit awkward when you're standing next to someone. Mm. And like, if I'm friends with someone, and I'm standing next to them, and I'm covering my pin, and it's like, I don't think you're going to rob me, but I'm just. I mean, they've been sticking cameras on ATMs for years and yeah. things like that, and yeah, I'd I'd rather cover my pin and feel a little bit more comfortable. Oh, of course, of course. I actually was originally going to do um, do a crime to do with credit card theft, okay. um, but yeah, I ended up actually going for something I guess lighter, very far mm-hmm. more uh, light. You were very confident on the. Uh yeah light and fluffy nature of your crime yeah so shall i launch into it yes i want to hear what you have to say i want you to tell me about or possibly ask me a question about something and then i'll say no and then you say (laughs) yay um have you heard of graham cluley i have not he's a he's he's actually quite well known um he's a british security blogger and antivirus expert um at the moment he writes a daily blog on computer security and news opinions advice Hmm. um but back uh when when i start telling you my story um back when it began in 2002 he worked for sophos if you've heard of them i may be pronouncing it wrong s-o-f-o-s yeah i have heard of them yeah i've heard of them as well and i can't work out why um (laughs) But um, it's it's a big British security software and hardware company. So uh, the blurb I think I got off Wikipedia because I really couldn't be bothered looking it all up. Um, <laughs> they develop products for communication endpoint encryption, network security, email security, mobile security and unified threat management. So they do all the online security shit mm. as well as some offline stuff embedded in the hardware. Back in 2002, he, this guy, Graham Cluley, was working for them as a senior technology consultant. And, um, yeah, he, he did some very interesting interviews and made some very interesting comments that made him a bit of a target. So, As in interviews with the public press, yeah, I assume. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. So how this whole thing kicks off is he said that virus writers were pimply teenage boys who lacked social skills. And you can imagine how this goes. A virus writer called Gigabyte um, was not very impressed by this description and decided to, um, well, to have a little bit of fun, I guess. Some context on Gigabyte. Um, at the time, it was kind of unclear who Gigabyte is, was, whatever. Um, they had a website where they would write viruses and post them on their hmm. website with an explanation of what they were, what they did. And... Um, yeah, Gigabyte was super transparent about the whole thing. Hmm. Um, things start getting interesting when Gigabyte did an interview, in, also in 2002, with uh, an online magazine called Tech Live. And, um, well, I'll give you a quote. I mean, yeah, I do want to admit that I'm female because there's nothing to hide about it. The world should know there are female virus writers out here, but it's certainly not my motivation. I do this for myself, not the whole world. Other females don't need me to stand up for them they can do it for themselves she specialized in c++ at the time Mm -hmm. um but she's widely um known as the first person to write a virus in in c sharp um so i have (laughs) i have a history of the the viruses we know about that she's written the first one was uh sometime mid 2001 um she wrote a an email aware worm that uh 
infected and attached file called Parrot SCR. It basically just sat in uh, the window. Well, it renames the Windows directory and drops an audio file um, whenever the virus runs. And Wait, what, what year was this? This was 2001. Oh, okay. okay. Um, it also would drop a Visual Basic uh, file displaying a message that includes an offensive text about Graham Cluley. <laughs> um, so that was mid-2001, Paraday. Um, I'd like to make it clear, none of the virus viruses ever were released into the wild and mm. um, they were only ever put on her website and so basically no direct attack or zero day exploit but basically highlighting this and also poking fun at the um rather <laughs> sorry th- yeah. there's a lot of paper here yeah, I, there, there i'm is a lot kind of, of trading off because i'm a st- astonished at the amount of notes and amazed it's cool it, i i actually i'm super into this stuff mm. i um i started programming when i was i guess about 11 i taught hmm. myself html um and there was a really interesting female orientated website back then i think it's still online called lissa uh, Lissa explains it all, kind of like Clarissa explains it all, and it was pink and it was fun, and um, and that was kind of where I started, and then um, from there I got into CSS and JavaScript, and at at school we did Pascal. Um, that was whenever I was a lot older, and um, obviously Visual Basic. So yeah, and and now I do. A bit of script, mm. a lot of SQL. <laughs> Not that it's a programming language, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love this. I think um, probably Hackers, the movie with Angelina Jolie and uh, <laughs> the guy Sherlock from Elementary. Yes. Um, I think that got me into it. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. It's not cool, kids. <laughs> it is not cool at all. <laughs> I, like, I actually rewatched it a couple of mo- months ago. Their uh, hair, their outfits. Oh. The, the entire, their hacking. <laughs> the yeah, you know, all thing. we do is plug it into a public phone line and there's all of the internet here in our computers and we can do anything oh. like open the doors. Villain, the villain with the like big console of doom and shit is just horrible. I mean, it, it is hilarious no, to no, watch. No, it's not horrible. It's the perfect 90s movie. Well, it's yes, it is. perfect like, aspirational it is 90s wonderful, movie. but it is horrible. <laughs> Stop it. Um, I love it, but it is horrible. Yeah. I'm gonna have many glasses of wine later and rewatch it and uh, and relive my um, childhood dreams. <laughs> but um, if you actually do, yeah, um, please ping me and I'll, do I'll a send parallel, you selfies. <laughs> uh, well, I'll do a parallel wash and we can exchange oh, uh, reactions. And I love that. That's so nineties. <laughs> I am you as we're watching the same movie in different parts of the city because you know we're not allowed out after dark because our parents don't want us to. Well, whatever. It's um, um, okay. I I'm not I'm not sure where I was. Um, I I would like to clarify. Um. <laughs> Hackers are very different from programmers, or in this case, virus writers. So there's there's typically a similar rivalry between virus writers and hackers as there is mm. between people who listen to punk and people who listen to metal. <laughs> so you're more or less cut from the same cloth, but there there's a massive uh, difference in, well, I guess, opinion as well as um, interest. 
Yeah. But then there were all the different hats on each camp as well, basically. Yeah, the black, white, grey hats yeah. and stuff. But no, we're not even getting into that. We're just getting into, at its mm. core, hackers and um, virus writers are entirely different. Mm. And a lot of, whenever I was doing research on this, a lot of sources refers to Gigabyte as a hacker. And it's just like, that's fundamentally wrong. <laughs> like, she didn't hack anything, nor did she want to, nor is that her thing. It's just like, mm. no. But I mean, wasn't it very much, I almost said back in the day, but I shouldn't because I'm old enough as it is. But um, uh, way back, like, when like hackers started becoming a term it was very much not hackers as we call them now yeah, it's crackers it was uh, well not even even before like hacker cracker and uh, all that split yeah um oh goodness now i'm talking thinking about freaking which was yeah so long ago ish i knew a lot of people into freaking you're um i it never feels like you're that much older than me until we start talking about this stuff because then it's like, wow, I, I remember whenever I was first around an internet enabled computer, but I mean, you remember it like you were, <laughs> you were a grown up. <laughs> well, grown up is debatable well, even to this day, but yeah. <laughs> um. But I mean, you know what I mean? I, I was well and truly a kid the first time I was around one. Mm. And yeah, I forget that we are. I was a kid as well. I mean. I, I, I do eight. remember BBSs, but I, yeah, no, I was so. younger than eight. Shit, what age was I? Six. I'm, I'm thinking of significant <laughs> life events and the first online game I played and the first. Um, yeah, I think I must have been six or so. Um, okay, so um, by March two thousand and two, um, she had written an email a worm that was basically pretending to be a communication from Windows Update. Hmm. And it was the first ever virus to be written in C. Uh, Sharp. Yeah, exactly. Wow. It's funny. Whenever I'm telling you about C Sharp, it's really easy. But every time I see it written down, I'm like, instinctually want to say C hashtag. <laughs> it, it depends on the context. But whenever I'm, I never talk to you about coding. So it's like very we, weird. We barely touched it, no. I do remember I did actually uh, plan on getting into C-sharp a while. Yeah. Um, before I touched, like, C++ or anything. Yeah. Um, so I was just reading, oh, okay, no, I, I want to do shit, watch it go, and I heard some good arguments on C-sharp. Yeah. But I was still living in Sweden here, and I had wow. never heard this uh, pronounced. Oh. <laughs> and, like, oh, no. Yeah, the... C hash. That's the thing, and since my upbringing, especially when we're talking like English, has been so such a mishmash from everywhere we're talking British, we're talking uh, every English speaking country basically. Yeah. And um, I I do remember. Oh, that was one of the first memories regarding the specific, you know, hash hashtag sign. Yeah. Uh, there was a very British person. Uh, on one of my early jobs and I was going to say something how you're writing something and I was going to include this sign and I had watched a few too many American movies oh. and I called it the pound sign oh no and he worse. fucking lost his shit that's the thing like <laughs> I remember the first time I, I heard uh, a number sign I mm -hmm. guess or a hash mm -hmm. referred to as a pound sign and I'm like 
there's no sign for Sterling on on a phone. What yeah. are you talking about? Um, well, I get that. Like in Swedish, it's always uh, either in text, it's basically number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, or we on a phone, you basically say square, which is oh, really? not too helpful, but yeah, it's but, something. Yeah, at least it's something. Yeah, it's for me. It's first time hearing say then press pound, and I'm like. I don't know how. <laughs> it's it's always hash. I only have euros on my phone. <laughs> well, no, we had pounds, but like I'm talking before, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm I'm going back to this and doing a very quick summary yes, because I'm sorry, sorry. I'm <laughs> no, no, it's cool. Um, so March 2002, she writes uh, sharp a um, or sharp a, depending. There are a couple of variations in the spelling. Some are sharp hyphen a, some are sharp a like uh, ei at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, or some just refer to it as sharp because it was the first um, it's the first virus that was written in C C sharp. Um, mm. She described it as a proof of concept and uh, of course posted on her website with an explanation. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was just an uh, a worm pretending to be from Microsoft Update. Mm. Um, I have a little bit more detail on it later. Uh, yeah, then you have. Shay A, which was January 2003, which um, it, it spreads via screensaver. And uh, again, it's just the idea is you attach it to an email, normal attachment, click, open it, um, and it forwards the virus on to everyone in your address book. Um, but it also mm. takes off um, any record of you having sent it to them and disinfects any infections of a virus known as Yaha K. Um, so, huh. she, yeah, the interesting thing about all of um, Gigabyte's viruses are she, she has really detailed explanations of what they are on her website, mm-hmm. but she also has, um, I think for every single one, designed an antivirus to disinfect your computer from the same virus. Hmm. So if you are a victim of it, it n- none of them ever got into the wild, but some of them were shared with people, of course, and did end up on computers. But the the idea is there's no reports of that happening unintentionally. Hmm. There's disinfection, d- disinfection software on her website <laughs> as well um, to, to get rid of it, which is super cool. Um, hmm. One of the big things about her is um, she was described as being ethical with um, ethical and transparent with everything that she was doing. Hmm. The next one is Coconut A. That was July 2003. And we're back to Graham Cluley again. Um, oh, Cluley. It's <laughs> I actually really love this one. Um, it's a, a graphical game. And if your computer is infected, you have to throw coconuts in a coconut shy at the head of a Belgian hacker called Franz Divener. And uh, so Foss is Graham Cluley. And every time you hit one of them, it means one less file is infected on your computer. Huh. I think that's super cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> the final one, because something bad then happens, is uh, Quiz A, and that was in December 2003. Um, it just looks like a Christmas screensaver. It's actually a worm hmm. that infects users um, and forces them to, to take part in a quiz, um, <laughs> including questions that are pretty rude about Graham Cluley. Um, and essentially the, um, the more disparaging your answer. So like one of them is, what does he keep between his toes? Um, and yeah, if, if you 
pick the really mean answers, then uh, it reveals a map with directions to a mystery package. No word on whether there was actually anything there. You're, you're going to have to tell us what the really mean answers were. I don't though. know. What do you keep between his toes? I don't know. I, I'm sure I read it at some point, but I, I read so many different sources on this. It was a nightmare trying to compile them. And along mm. the way, I, I lost some shit. So sorry, I don't know. Um, no, 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 I'm not critiquing you, but that would be <laughs> hilarious to know. But know. yeah, so that was basically pretty early ransomware. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Except not for um, malicious means. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I get you can argue it to death, but yeah. <laughs> um, oh, one other thing I should probably say: the game that showed Graham Cluley's heads in the coconut mm-hmm, shy with mm-hmm. the Belgian hacker guy. Um, he's not actually called Graham Cluley in it. It's called Graham Clueless. Of um, course. And I that's was kind of expecting that to come know, at some point. He's referred to as Graham Clueless. Ev- everywhere um, that Gigabyte has anything to do with it. But, yeah. S- um, Graham clearly didn't really make matters any better. He essentially suggested Gigabyte had a thing for him. And uh, was... Seriously? Yeah, he was um, oh. quoted as saying, she's fascinated in me for one reason or another. I'm in a position of authority, so maybe she looks up to me. Um, I'd like to think she's taken with the cut of my jib. Whatever. Um, so... That was you also, don't own a boat, you shouldn't be using that. Sure. <laughs> that, that was also um, late 2002, so she, you know, kept at it. Let me see. No, I don't have the answer to the toe thing. <laughs> no. No, I don't. Um, so, at the time all of this stuff started kicking off, she was 17. So she, she was pretty young. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah. So by 2004, she's uh, 19. Mm. But um, so just some of the stuff is a bit immature, but I, I, I'm I, forgiving her for it. I think it's also very entertaining. At the end of the day, she didn't cause any yeah. damage monetarily. Um, and, and posting the uh, the cleaners and the, um, the antis, that's brilliant. I'm yeah. no, no. I'm 100% on the impressed spectrum of this. Yeah. Mm. Back in 2002, in that interview we were talking about earlier with Tech Life, they they asked some pretty hard hitting questions about you know how does she feel about um, publishing the viruses on her website and them potentially being used for harm, and the conclusion was um, her saying it's not her problem that um, you know when people make guns. Mm. It's not the gun manufacturers you blame, it's the people who go out and use them badly. So oh, yeah. um, I think it's it's a pretty strong argument, especially considering she was the first one to do it in, mm. in C-sharp. She was also quite disparaging about um, people who would open attachments without any understanding of what they were and how yeah. to do them. And she, she's always been kind of outspoken about this. The the worm, the Sharpe worm that forwards the attachment to everyone in your... Um, in your mail list hmm. is just super generic and it says hey at work we're applying this update because it makes windows over 50 percent faster and more secure i thought i should forward it to you because you might like it um and the subject line is important windows update so hmm. okay i get that it's early 2000s but i mean all in all you'd rather be infected by something like this and then educated than be infected by something actually dodgy yeah, yeah. um but she was very critical of people who would take advantage of um, terror or political situations. So mm. um, she was really outspoken about people who would put in subject lines relating to 9-11 and things like that. Mm. Um, but otherwise, she essentially said it's free game. Mm. 
um, even though she never released any of her own viruses. So the thing is, I mean, this is us basically as white hat as it gets without actually being employed by a company <laughs> that she uh, discovers exploits for. Like yeah. if she's investigating this, creating these things, posting them, not using them first, yeah. like, fine, someone might get them. But this is how if people don't have enough competent stuff to actually look up and discover these things by themselves, either before or after releases, yeah. then she is 100% doing a service. Yeah, completely. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Graham uh, Cluley's, who was it? He's not agreeing. Um, there was a spokesperson for him that um, said something like, here we go. Gigabyte has presented herself almost as a Lara Croft-style figure in the male-dominated virus writing arena, and it's made her a favourite for the media. I don't think that's even true, because I find it really difficult to find yeah. stuff on her. Um, and the spokesperson continues on to say, unfortunately for her, her hunger for attention may also um, be her undoing. One wonders why an obviously computer-literate girl would squander her skills on criminal activity, and goes on to liken her to basically any common criminal. Mm. Um they, it seems like Sophos um, or Graham Cluley may have been putting pressure on uh, authorities to take action against her um, because on the, there are a couple of different variations in this. Um, a lot of sources are saying 9th and I found a couple that said 14th. But mm -hmm. anyway, February 2004, she was arrested on 11 counts um, of computer data sabotage under, oh. yeah, under a Belgian law that came into play in 2000. We then start to hear a bit more about her. Her name wasn't widely um, shared uh, in the press, but it is out there. And I think I think it's also on Wikipedia. Like, I think her mm. real name is also on there. Um, but her name is... So, mm -hmm. so she was Belgian? Yes. Turns out she was Belgian. That, that might have been mentioned way, way back. We've I had a few tangents. I don't I, think I, I, I don't think I did mention huh. it. So. Um, her name was uh, Kim Vanvek. Um she whenever she did the interviews with um with the tech live uh magazine thing she she did it um a, kind of anonymously like she didn't give her real name she she mm -hmm. did uh, say she was um a female in belgium um and she did say that she was 17 but it was all described as self identifies as being a female in belgium a 17 year old female in belgium hmm. so uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, she she was charged. Um, she was arrested and charged with eleven counts of computer data sabotage. This is in uh, Mechelen in Belgium. Five of her computers were confiscated. Her website was shut down, and she faced a prison sentence of up to three years and a fine of up to a hundred thousand euros. The Belgian authorities said they um, they had information leading them to believe she was about to release more uh, virus codes on her website. Um, mm. and, well, essentially release more virus codes into the public domain. So they were not very happy. Yeah. Fortunately, it means we know a lot more about her, including how she began programming. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, sh she started out on her uncle's Commodore 64 when she was just six <laughs> years old. And by 14, she was wow. writing viruses as a member of Metaphase 15. And her first virus reportedly took over um, the shutdown screens of infected users. Hmm. Um, but we don't 
we don't have a clear record on that. It's not in the ones I listed earlier. It's supposed to be another one. So Gigabyte being a member of Metaphase 15 was actually quite interesting. And they, they felt very strongly that that she was only arrested because they the Belgian police wanted to be seen to be doing something, especially mm. in an era where um, cybercrime was growing. A lot of people yeah. were getting scared and they couldn't um, globally, they couldn't nail down any big hackers or any mm. big virus writers. So they decided to essentially go for an easy target of someone who was totally transparent what they were, about what they were doing. Yeah. Um, in response, uh, Metaphase 15 started writing messages into their worms about Gigabyte. So they're, they're all in Spanish, but the translated versions are things like to Gigabyte, cheers, pal, keep up the good work. There was another one that was made in admiration of Gigabyte. Um, but there seems to be three or four like this. Um, mm. The other good news is less than 24 hours after her arrest, she was released. That's good. Though. Yeah. Nothing ever happened. Um, oh. She was basically given a slap on the wrists. Oh, I was expecting something so much worse. This no. is good news. I don't think she ever got her computers back. Her website seemed seemed to have been, um, I think, shut down as of that moment. And it was never started up again, although she, she did do interviews and other bits and pieces afterwards. Hmm. Apparently, she didn't do any code, any new viruses or worms after being arrested, um, which was um, one of the conditions that was kind of discussed that she shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Hmm. She ended up going for a degree in computer sciences after that um, and ended up deciding to, to go and uh, put more of a focus on networking and security rather than uh, programming. She graduated um, with a bachelor's in 2006, and then in 2008, she got a master's in industrial sciences. And the latest information I could find is that she works at a high school in Brussels as a networking advisor. Hmm. Some other kind of interesting things where um, not long after her arrest, she actually started dating a hacker, mm -hmm. also Belgian, a um, guy called... Well, his handle is nostalgic with a one instead of an I. Mm -hmm. um, of course. And in an interview, she was asked, like, oh, what do you have in common other than uh, computers? And she's like, uh, saliva. Um, like, <laughs> she's, she seems super deadpan about everything. And she was asked, you know, what they do together. Are they, are they constantly online? And da, da, da. And she said, well, when we actually spend time in person together, we're, we're pretty much not online. She was asked whether um, she was concerned that the police would be worried about the two of them dating. She said, I think they'll probably be happy with us dating because it keeps us off the computer. Mm. Um, <laughs> but she's she's also super into animals. She's had a couple of snakes over the years, also some ferrets, unrelated. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and she's into house and trance music. She actually doesn't play computer games at all. Yeah. Um, there was another interesting quote from back in the beginning where she essentially spoke out about how she wanted to be a, a visible female presence, essentially, in the computing world mm. um, because so many guys are out there and they just assume girls have no interest in this stuff. And if they do have an interest, it's only for uh, playing games on the computer. It's not even doing anything with it. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's super cool. Here's the quote. She said, I want to let people and especially guys know that there are girls out there who like computers and for more than games. I think it's quite important for all girls out there who know something about computers but are surrounded by guys um, who think they're all stupid. And I just think that is so 
typical even today. I mean, it's nowhere mm-hmm. near as bad. But when you think of the history of computer programming, like the first algorithm written for a computer was written by a woman. And um, yeah, the term bug was coined by a woman. Mm. Um, so ironically, the term debug was coined before the word bug. Really? Yeah. Uh, I would not have expected So this. you know where, where bug <laughs> comes from in a computer? Um, I have a picture. I'm not sure if I dare to say yes, but... Um... Do you? You you probably do. It's kind of a bit famous. <laughs> you have a lot of notes. Here we go. Um, see that yellow sticky bit of mm. stuff? There's a moth on it. Mm-hmm. Just... <laughs> I might have heard this, but I would never remembered it. No. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. That's well, that's interesting. <laughs> she. I'm gonna kick myself for not knowing her name. Grace Hopper. Um, oh. Yeah, that bug is sellotaped into a notebook by Grace Hopper, who um, who coined the term bug because a moth had climbed inside a computer and caused it to um, essentially short circuit. I think. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's where bug comes from. Debug, I believe, comes from airplanes. Oh, um, So you would okay. debug a plane that has <laughs> bugs yeah. or whatever in the in the engine. Huh. So I think huh. that's super cool. Did not know that. Yeah. That's amazing. But that's my story for this week. Um, she seems to have more or less kept out of trouble. And, yeah, I guess, like um, like many people, sometimes you just have a hobby that you're really really into for a while and then maybe you don't really give a shit it loses its fun at a certain point and i guess being arrested is it maybe part of the reason it seemed to lose its fun or maybe she still does shit yeah who knows who knows mm. i know i i'm really intrigued and i already made a note to um to look up more around this because it's interesting yeah i um thoroughly enjoyed it if anyone has more information on gigabyte and what she's currently up to awesome let us know or um, if you're listening we do have a couple of listeners in belgium so ooh, we do mm. yeah give us a shot if you know anything about this <laughs> um the most annoying thing is with a name like um well handle like gigabyte mm. trying to find stuff on this was a nightmare because every time you're searching <laughs> gigabyte belgian hacker it's mm. you know you still get like all sorts of different results and her yeah, name her, her real name isn't widely used so mm. again it's kind of a challenge yeah but <laughs> graham clearly still has his blog he doesn't work for sofos anymore but he still has his blog is he still slightly bitter or i don't i don't know actually and i refuse to go on to his blog and be part of the traffic fair so. enough <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's fine <laughs> I uh, I think that was quite a light one. It was really light and such a happy happy ending on both the um, uh, crime side and the rest of the life side. I'm yeah. I'm very glad with this. Um, See why I said I'm not the worst this week. Yeah, I do indeed. I do indeed. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> we were discussing this week's drink earlier, and I was thinking like, no, no, but we normally should probably like hold off a bit so we get a feel for the general atmosphere and see yeah. how hard a liquor will need to cope with our crimes no, but we can go for something I, light i'm right? light and bubbly right now so i think we could do basically anything mm, what's your preference do you want something minty or something apple well i think because we decided we were going green we we've decided on something green we'll run off to the cabinet and see what we can find and we'll let you all know after the break i'm excited <sighs> let's do it let's go Boom. 
And we're back. We're back. Yes, with a lovely, almost toxically cyberish drink here. This is a perfect drink for like 90s hacker people. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I want you to say the name. It's vodka.exe. Ah, perfect. It's a drink with bite. Mm. Mm. It smells very fresh and very refreshing even. Yeah, it's... Um, Apple liqueur, butterscotch, um, mm. lemon, and vodka. Mm. I know we discussed all this. I, I can basically only smell the apple, but I'm uh, very curious to taste it. Let's try. Cheers. So let's go. Ooh, Cheers. Oh, you're going to spill. I'm terrified. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> no spillage. Mm. Huh. Do you want it sweeter? No, definitely not. This is like perfectly balanced. The um, butterscotch is. is very, very subtle. Yeah. But this really works. Mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be really sweet, but this is perfect for me. It's good. Mm. Mm. I need to find a way to filter lemon juice better. Makes it super cloudy. Mm. It's a bit of cloudiness, but... Um, it does look creepy as fuck. Yeah, but that kind of fits, though. Doesn't it? I'm hoping <laughs> one of the photos turned out this time. We'll share. Hmm. Mm. I think so. We actually have, I mean, goodness, we have sunshine, mm. uh, which is weird with like lighting and shit. So normally we record, record in the dark. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We had an early start, but uh, yeah. even like going back the past couple of months as we've been doing this. Yeah. Time of day wouldn't have mattered as much. No. <laughs> this time of day, it's like still kind of grim outside mm. oh yeah so oh, this is good i'm like refreshed and revitalized <laughs> mm. i like these glasses these were kingstay glasses oh really yeah, yeah. Oh. all the holes i know they're beautiful they're crystal i still haven't watched my dvds oh <laughs> i'm sorry i should but i need to um brush up on my Dutch apparently especially for the weird Chinese uh, superhero movies but <laughs> Chinese is not my forte no mm. oh, Chinese and Dutch wow <laughs> um, we should wrap this up though mm. definitely this was a brilliant drink I hope you'll see the recipe on the site yes I, I need to get the site updated once it is updated you will find it at crimebythebar.com yeah it's easy and straightforward Thank you all for your wonderful reviews this mm-hmm. week. If you haven't reviewed us yet and you are enjoying listening to our, our faces talking at you, then please <laughs> leave a review. It's uh, it's really, really great for us. Um, guys, thank you so much um, to, to all of you who have already done it. It's mm-hmm. um, it's such a... I mean, it's, it's also super cool for us. Like, yeah. we're really psyched. <laughs> I, I mean, I suck at taking compliments. That's why I kind of twinge when I hear these, but we do really appreciate them. And above all, it helps other people to get to enjoy us, yeah. I suppose. So if, if you know someone who <laughs> might enjoy the podcast, please do share. Mm. And as usual, you can give us a shout on Twitter at Crime by the Bar. Mm-hmm. Or you can send an email to crimebythebar at gmail.com. Just if you want to chime in, say hi, or, you know, add theories or facts that we might have missed. Yeah. Or tell us what we should be drinking next week. Oh, that too. Either we're, drinks or crimes. Yeah. We're, we're very for open for suggestions. Yeah. Mm. It's all good. I think we're going to say farewell for now. We hope you have an awesome week. Yes. Have an awesome week and we'll uh, talk to you again on Friday. 
Talk to you on Friday. Bye. Bye. It doesn't sound very Where good. Where is this coming you're, from? You're just, you're a very lovely man. You're a very lovely man and um, you, you see the best in people. And uh, I, on the other hand, I'm constantly saying things like, okay, but do you have that person's address? Because maybe your brother has been murdered by his new girlfriend and uh, he's not coming home and she's got his phone and has been texting you for the last two days. <laughs> This is literally a conversation we had a couple completely, of days ago. Completely, I was going to yeah. try to bail you out and say this is a completely hypothetical situation. No, but you know who I'm talking about as oh. well. And uh, and the answer was, shit, I don't know the address. And I'm like, you better find out because I have her on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, Facebook's bullshit. He's probably buried in her garden at this point. <laughs> <laughs>